Welcome once again to this special edition of The Voice of Resurrection. We've been here all week talking with Michael Malden, the producer of the movie Super Spreader, sharing his testimony and all the wonderful things he has learned through the years and how they relate to you personally. We are focusing on the power of covenant relationships in manifesting your destiny. The things that God brings all of us through to make us true laborers in his kingdom. Glory to God. And once again, our proof text is from Mark 9.36, Matthew, sorry, 9.36. So that when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. They fainted. And we are scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. They went to synagogues, but the people pastoring them were not in touch with God. That's what causes the sheep to wander. They're finished. And many times, I've said that most church growth in America actually transfers. It's not a net increase in the kingdom. It's just that the sheep that are emaciated and starving in one place finds food in another place. So they transfer. <laughs> one young pastor said, now don't, don't, don't blame me that your sheep that came through the fence is not too fat to get back. <laughs> so <laughs> they visited and they stayed. But we want a net increase in the kingdom of God. And the only way that will happen is through these supernatural innovations. As the glory comes to earth and fathers us into these actions, we see the power of the kingdom made manifest. So once again, I want you to join me and welcome Michael Malden to the Voice of Resurrection. God bless you, Michael. God bless you. Amen. So in our journey, you, you, we've gotten to you now moving to South Georgia. And, uh, and in this uh, covenant relationship thing, <clears throat> you reconnect with an old friend. And... The one that you had issues with was actually the one that sowed your first seed yes. into making the movie. Yes. Super spreader. Yeah. So take us on the journeys, you know, since this. So we were, this we're in the middle of the pandemic, 2020. Everything's locked down, right? Height of the lockdown. Stay home, six feet apart, all that kind of stuff. And we were moving from South Georgia to Atlanta, but my house wasn't ready yet. So I went down to Tampa because I have family down there. We rented a condo for a couple of months. And my friend Sean Foyt was coming to town to do a Let Us Worship event because he started one in, on the Golden Gate Bridge, and then he just started spreading city to city. And he was coming to Tampa, and, you know, he was like, hey, get your wife, come lead worship with us, and we're going to be downtown Tampa. And, and I knew there was going to be thousands of people there, um, which was, you know, my, on one level, my face is like, yes. The other level is like every program on the planet saying, don't meet, don't gather, stay six feet apart. So which voice am I going to listen to here, you know? <laughs> and so I go over to my parents' house that day uh, because it's a day of mourning for them. 
because it was September 18th, and it was my brother's birthday. And my brother's from Tampa, and he had committed suicide three years prior. Wow. So I go there and bring them flowers and some conflicts with all these, conflicted with all these emotions. You know, the, that whole thing, the six feet apart, we're doing an event, worship, all this stuff. And so I just went to prayer. And I, I, I go, God, what's up with all this? That was, that was my prayer. What's up with this? <laughs> and I just felt like he just dropped into my spirit. It's time to plunder hell on your brother's behalf. Mm. And, and I always knew that what the enemy had done in my life was going to become a weapon. And that, that he, the devil, he encroached on our territory. So he had to pay for what he had done. I knew that. I just didn't know how it was going to work out. And it still was a lot of pain, but I've been waiting for that moment. When I heard that in my spirit, I got excited, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. Fast forward to later that day, there's probably five, 6,000 people show up to this event. In the, the pandemic. In the, the, in the pandemic. middle of the pandemic. And this is September. I mean, at the height of it. And they preach the gospel. ton of people get saved. We've got cattle troughs set up. People are getting baptized. We're probably one of the only places on the planet doing baptisms in, in, during that time. <laughs> Except here. Except here, yes. You guys kept going. <laughs> and so the event's basically over. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do anything. you know. And then Sean looks at me and goes, hey, do you have anything? And he's puts the mic in my face, and I was like, well, I, I think I got something, so I grabbed the mic. But what was interesting, he had already, Sean had already talked about the Golden Gate Bridge and how the, the, the first event that they had done, and the police were there on suicide patrol because so many people were committing suicide in the middle of the pandemic. That's how he started the event, so I felt like it was a divine setup. So I got up to speak, and I was talking about, I thought about Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is known as the land of pirates and buccaneers, and, and I always think about what's the redemptive version of something. You know, and I go, you know, there's a redemption. I go, this is the land of the Buccaneers and the Pirates. And, and I said, you know, so that's why the football team got their name. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> so I was like, what's the, I go, what's the redemptive version? And so I said, you know, the, there's a godly version of that thing. I said, the godly version is when Jesus died, he went down into hell and he took back the keys of death and Hades. He plundered hell. Yes. He's like a pirate would, so to speak. And I said, we're going to plunder hell today. And I began to share the story of my brother and how he was bound in darkness and how he'd committed suicide. He was from Tampa. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to lose any more brothers and sisters that are struggling with suicide or depression. So if you're struggling with that right now because of the lockdowns, I want you to come down here. I want to pray with you. I want to love you. Love you. I want to hug you. And I just kind of just said this blubbering, crying, you know, emotional plea for people to come down. And then all these men start rushing to the front of the stage. And we start praying and contending and it was this powerful moment that it goes viral and people start seeing it all over the world and emailing and messaging in saying, hey, I'm feeling my own suicide or depression breaking off because of this, what I'm seeing in this moment. Thank you for doing this. And so we just decided to go, well, man, that was powerful. We don't have anywhere to live right now. Let's just keep rolling. So we started going city to city. We did almost 22 cities with my family going across the country, seeing God move. And um, I was seeing, I mean, it was like well, Book well, of Acts. What were you all doing in every city? Just... Doing let us worship events, evangelistic okay. crusades. But every place we would go, the mayors and the governors were coming against us, telling us to shut down. And so it was, it was wild. Um, our group also went onto the corner of where George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. And a guy named Charles Karuku, a Kenyan pastor, was up there doing uh, kind of revival meetings on that street corner, brought Sean in. Yeah, I saw them baptizing people there. Yeah, they were baptizing people where George Floyd was killed like crazy and doing racial reconciliation meetings. And that wasn't being shown on the news. All the news was showing but was racial division. Yeah, they don't want good news. Yes. They don't. And I was like, man, we have to tell the story. 
We've got to tell the story of what God is doing in the midst of the pandemic. I'm seeing people getting saved left and right, people getting set free of suicide, depression. People started throwing their drugs on stage. I mean, pills, syringes, you know, pipes, weed, all kind of stuff. People are getting free. And I'm seeing this powerful story, but the media is telling the exact opposite of what we're seeing. They're seeing racial divisions, all this stuff. And I'm, I'm not seeing that. We're seeing people come together. And so I was like, man, we have to tell the story. And Showtime Advice came to Sean and said, hey, we'd like to do a documentary on you. And I said, bro, don't do it. Because if they tell the story, they're going to make you look like the crazy Christian, like they always do. Exactly. Let's us control the narrative. Let's tell the story. Let's tell, let's tell the pandemic of 2020 in America from God's perspective. Let's see what God was doing in the midst of it. And so I met a guy who was a filmmaker. He had just found out about the upper room. We divinely connected. And I needed some money to put together somewhat of a trailer and, and a, uh, you know, to kind of get this thing going down the road. And so I had had a dream about my, my friend who was the pastor of the upper room back in the day. And I called him up about the dream I had uh, that I had, had with him. And he goes, well, what are you doing right now? Like, I'm trying to make this movie. And he goes, well, we just took on a, we just did a building project. We raised a bunch of money. I need to tithe on that money. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I know just the place. <laughs> you see, people understand. You don't hold on to the money you have. And so it maybe it's not enough to build the building, but you tithe. Yeah. Hmm, I'm thinking about the money I got for, for a good too. Maybe I need to tithe on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which you I know. thought about. They, they, they still don't, they haven't had the, enough money to build their building, and he's still giving on it, right? But he's sowing into a bigger purpose and kingdom, and we have that covenant relationship. And even when I left there, he said, you know, you've helped me build here. Whatever you're called to do, I want to I help you build whatever you're doing. And so we got some Hollywood-quality guys. My, my um, editor had just been hired by Sony Pictures to be one of their main editors. For him, his conscience was that he couldn't, didn't want to take the vaccination. So they said, well, we can't hire you. They let him go. That same week, we showed up with this project. And so I was like, well, this is God's perfect timing. I got Sony's <laughs> editor, and you got a job. Let's, let's work. Amen. <laughs> so we began that journey and telling that story. And we wanted to tell it in an honest way. And so we entered. It was, a, it was such a volatile time. And like you said, it was it relates to the vaccine. Some people didn't want to take it. Some people did want to take it. At the end of the day, do it in faith, whatever you're doing. Yes. Right? Do it in faith. Do it in faith. And, and so we want to interview people that were for the movement, people that were against the movement. And so we, we, we share this juxtaposition in the film because it's an honest story. The Bible is told that way. You, you see what the enemy was doing. You see what God was doing. And my heart was that it, when you're watching the film, you'll hear your voice in it, whether you're for it or against it, and then your walls will drop. And then you can see the power of God moving through people's lives. Glory to God. Friend, as you're listening to us, I, I want to focus on one thing he said before we continue with the story. His brother committed suicide. Three years later, here comes God. This is the mystery of the gospel. You make Satan pay for everything he accomplished so that before he attacks you again, he will think twice. Do you know that Satan still regrets killing Jesus? <laughs> he thought he won and he lost. And the Bible says through death, Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death. And that is the devil. That should be your determination. Here in us today. Mm -hmm. Wherever you've suffered your worst pain, your worst attack, 
yeah. determine that by the grace of God and by the power of God that you will pay Satan back so hard he will think twice again and that he will lose so many people from your testimony. Come on, stop mourning. Get up now That's in right. Jesus' name. Yeah. Get up now That's and right. use that as a weapon to fight back. Use that as a weapon to plunder hell. Listen to the testimony of all the men that came forward all through America during the pandemic. Can you imagine how many suicides were prevented because somebody acted in faith? This is your call. Let the cripple get up and walk in Jesus' name. The glory will hit you and resurrect you. Start walking again. Get out of depression. No, don't go back to drugs. If you got some, flush it down the toilet right now. That's right. Get, get up. Get up. Get up. You can win it. Get up. Don't give up. We are your covenant for now, cheering you on. You can win. In yeah. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Get the nuances of this story. If you haven't seen the super spreader, you can watch it. You can watch it. And so how did this all then happen? Well, the guy loses the job from Sony and then joins you guys? Well, before, before we get there, I want to just touch on one point about, because you were like, there was the suicide. Three years later, here comes God. I love that. Yes. And I think one of the keys is how do we process our pain? Because that, that was such a painful season. But I, I had the temptation to run to these other worldly things, but I'd done that before. And so yeah. it just brought me more pain, brought me more darkness. And so I had to go to God. And I realized the temptation for bitterness in that season was really strong to get bitter and angry, angry at God, angry at my situation. Why does this happen? Uh, uh, uh. But I knew that I could see my heart getting bitter, and I knew that the Israelites were stuck in the wilderness because, because they got bitter. Yes. They murmured and complained. They got stuck. And I was like, I don't want to get stuck, God. I don't want to get stuck. Help me heal my heart. Help me get rid of this bitterness. And so as I processed the pain with him, he began to extract that bitterness, and he began to pour oil in. And began, when he began to pour oil in, when I would talk about that situation, it was like medicine, medicine in people's life. life. It was new life, wine. Life. It was life coming out yes. of such pain. And I was like, man, how can God take a heart that's bitter, that can pollute people from a situation and flip it and make it become medicinal like wine when I speak that it's healing to people? And that's what I want to encourage you with, is that whatever pain that you've gone through, God wants to fill that wound with new wine, fresh wine. And it's a painful process how he digs out this cistern and this vessel. But what he wants to pour into that is new wine so that you can be a blessing and a healing to those that are around you. And the, the opposite is true too, right? Yes. The opposite is true, and we've all been there. And so I, can I pray for people real quick? Please. I just, I just want to pray for you. If you've, been, if you've been betrayed, you've had a divorce, you've had a child that's gone rogue, you've had... Uh, you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost someone to suicide. Maybe you're struggling with suicidal thoughts right now because of some of the pain. Um, I just want to declare over you one for one. It's not God's design for you to be in that pain. Uh, you weren't designed to carry that burden. He, he, he bore that on the cross for you. So I declare that, that there's going to be a divine shift over your life, that this is a moment for you to surrender your heart over to him, surrender the pain to him, surrender the betrayal to him. Surrender the suicidal thoughts to him. Whatever the situation is, to fully surrender to him. Say, God, I don't understand this right now, but I have nowhere else to go but you. 
I have nowhere else to go but you. You'll surrender to him, and he, wants, he will fill that place with fresh new wine so that it makes your heart glad and joyful. And as you begin to pour out your life, it will bring healing to those that are around you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. I, I want to remind you, beloved, of the words of Jesus. He says, you cannot put new wine in old wine skins. He says it's going to burst. You cannot put new garment in, you know, to patch up an old garment. He said the, the rent will be worse. Hear what Michael was sharing with you. If you don't allow the bitterness to go, if you don't allow God to heal your heart, nothing new will be poured in. Every pain, every discouragement, every frustration, every disappointment, if you will worship God through it, will turn to the greatest breakthroughs of your life. That's what I've experienced. These are not ad advocations of some theories. We have lived these things. Yeah. <laughs> I have enough pain to go around <laughs> for 10 people. But I have tremendous breakthroughs. We are literally walking on water. <laughs> Glory to God. We've, we've experienced the grace of God in such magnanimous ways. Are you going to let your pain become a testimony? You know, in the circular world, they said, if you get lemon, make lemonade. What are you waiting on? But remember, even the lemonade needs some sugar. <laughs> if you make lemon just with water, it doesn't taste good. So you might go out to share your testimony, but if you haven't allowed your heart to be healed, that sugar will not come. That fragrance, that healing, that blessing. And you cannot be bitter against God and produce fresh water. No, no, no. You must protect your heart. The Bible says, for out of it are the issues of life. <clears throat> Here's a sobering text that I, I want to leave you with today. The Bible says, there had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. That's one of the things I teach on idolatry. Don't allow Satan to cause you to make anything you have gone through become an idol in your life. I call it making mountains out of molehill. There's nothing special. Everybody has suffered. Everybody has been betrayed. Everybody has gone through what you're going through. Whatever you're talking about, God has healed somebody from it. Listen, I know a personal friend and a family's friend. He lost four children in one day in a drowning. His entire family. And he served God anyway. Hey, you should see him. He, he will come into a meeting right now and wouldn't even pray. He said, God said to him, I am giving you 100 angels to accompany you. And they will do whatever you say. <laughs> you don't know what power will come out of your pain when you worship God with it. Wow. When you surrender it to God. 
Umar will walk into a meeting and said, all right, I don't need to pray, but maybe 10 cripples will be healed. You see them get up. These many blind eyes will be opened. You see it happen. Are you going to serve God with your pain? That's really what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you going to keep worshiping your pain? Now you've made it an idol. Mm. He said, but God is faithful. I think verse 14 says, flee from idolatry. You know, he said, run from this thing. Don't allow Satan to cause your heart to be bitter. Remember what uh, uh, Brother Malden said. He said, now, Israel died in the wilderness because they became bitter from what they're going through. You will die in your own wilderness too if you become bitter. I mean, if you are bitter against pastors, you are bitter against families, you are bitter against this one, and bitter against, there's so many fights raging in marriages. That's why we are not able to represent the Lord Jesus. We are not able to serve him in our pain. We are not able to serve him in our hurt. And America, We'll not hear the true word of God. We just keep looking for this little devotional and that devotional look, running after this one and that one, and you ignore the word of God. Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit just quickened me. There are so many of you watching us, and you keep saying, I wish I could hear from God. No, you are hearing from God. It's just that you're ignoring what you're hearing because it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> it's God that's telling you to forgive. It's God that's telling you to make that phone call. It's God that's telling you to take the wrong. It's God that's telling you to return what you went and got back from the person after he had given it to them because of what they did. When you did it, you did it for God, not for, not for them. I told you, two days ago and on this program, that the greatest thing that can happen to you is to be God's answer to someone's prayers. We can't say it any better, beloved. Your life will be transformed if you listen to these broadcasts. God has designed it for you. Now, in the two minutes we have, Michael, there's something <clears throat> that came out of that pandemic experience. God spoke to me to go to all the state capitals and raise altars unto God. And he said that by this, he would take America back. Initially, the mandate was to go and do it here at the state of Georgia. And we obeyed God. We knew that something's supernatural had happened because as soon as God taught me, you know, to pour oil on the ground and say in the name of the Father, mm -hmm. Son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> I raise an altar here unto God and we give thanks that an altar will rise here and speak for God for the next 12 months. And God said, I make a decree that an angel will man this altar he said, each altar will last 12 months. He says, anybody that walks through past this altar, God said, I would dismantle their demonic powers. I would derate it. I will amass them. <laughs> so, wow. Watch. As soon as I raised that first altar, 
we heard an explosion. Nobody knew what it is still today. Wow. Boom! All the Capitol Police jumped out. They were looking for it. Nobody knew what it was. Wow. Something had broken in the realm of the spirit. Wow. And while all this was going on, we saw a man running, running, running. And we asked him, well, why are you running? He said, we heard an explosion. Huh. That was another testimony. <laughs> you see? And that mandate to go to the state of Georgia and do that at the Capitol once a year ended up becoming a national mandate. You know what I've seen on my journey through this film? I interviewed a lot of people who were immigrants to America, and they seem to have some of the, the strongest voices for America right now, yes. like yourself, a heart for America. Yes, we love America. Yes, and it's like the Americans. We're like the frog in the boiling pot here. We're just kind of just comfortable and bored and just sitting there, but all these other voices are coming and in and saying, hey, wake up, let's see what you have. To go yes, on. allowing yes. it to go on. So anyway, I wanted to honor you for that and, well, thank, and thank you for going to our nation, going to the capitals and honoring and valuing this place enough to sacrifice your time, your family, lots your ministry, of lots of money, resources, your whole community is pitching in for this, for our country. And so I want to thank you guys for doing what you're doing. We're all trying to do our part to help save this nation to see it turn back to God. Amen. There's been so many wonderful things that have happened on the trail. And eventually, I believe that will also go from super spreader to the day America was saved. Mm -hmm. Glory for USA, hallelujah. Uh, As the glory is descending on all the state capitals, we see decrees. God is honoring decrees. I remember, let me give this quick testimony because we are out of time. We arrived at the capital, the state of Michigan. This was immediately after the ruling uh, where Roe versus Wade was uh, overturned. Mm. And Planned Parenthood was having a rally there. And all these venomous young ladies were screaming, my body, my whatever, <laughs> my choice, my body, my choice, and all of this. So I asked the Lord, what do we need to do? He said, no, go to the hotel, come back tomorrow. So we went to the hotel down the street and checked in for the night. And then the next morning when we returned, here we are back. <laughs> and now God said to me, make a decree that they shall protest with no impact. They shall, or whatever, I don't remember this, the other one, but shall not be heard. We made the decrees against the Planned Parenthood rallies across the nation. It was like in 30 days, they were all fizzled out across wow. America. We are kings and priests, and we are ruling yeah, in the kingdom of God. Amen. That is one massive capital. It, I, I think it's probably a mile or longer to go around one wow. time. And after we raise altars, we march around it seven times and shout. God said, I'm giving you the grace I gave Israel on the seventh march. They did it one day for seven days, and on the seventh day, they did it seven times. So he gave us that. So we march around seven times, and we shout unto the Lord. Watch them fall. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Beloved, our time is gone. The numbers are there. Call today for prayer and receive grace. Put your seed in the ground. Let the God of resurrection bless your life. One day you'll go to the theater to watch Glorify USA when America was delivered. We love you. God bless you. For don't forget Bible study tonight. 
or whatever day this is. May God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Michael, for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. We give God it's a great pleasure. Amen. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Bye-bye.